right back at you. Season two, simply the best. Um, I think I got an amazing show for you guys. It's going to be on our time top 10 comedians. And who better than to get to help me do this list? The incomparable, you know, just excellent Twin Cities Pages comic of the year. My talk host, Jason Show contributor, Miss Shannon, is going to help me compile this top 10 list. Very funny, very informative. Y'all definitely need to check it out. And uh, enjoy. Hello. Hey, Miss Shannon. Hi. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great, actually. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for joining Simply the Best. <laughs> my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. I am Miss Shannon, world renowned Miss Shannon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I try. Excellent comedian, uh, radio personality. Uh, is anything you can't do, lady? Um, uh, I, there's some things I haven't tried yet, D. So that's the whole thing. <laughs> so, there are some things that I'm like, I haven't tried. Um, skydiving, so I don't know if I'm bad at that. Um, and that oh, wow. list, so I don't know. Um, but I I like new experiences, I like communicating, and so anything that's in this world, I kind of just lean back into. So that's why it was nice to 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 talk to you because it's funny because I have my podcast, so I'm always happy to go on other people's podcasts so we can do podcast reciprocity. So you're welcome oh. to come on our come on ours as well. Oh, I love your style, lady. I love your style. Good. I got to ask you, though, um, what made you get into comedy? Or or was there a moment you knew you wanted to be a comic? Not necessarily. I mean, it was one of those things that, I mean, you hear this often when you're talking to comedians that, you know, did people, did you think you were funny? It's like, yeah, I thought it was funny, but that didn't mean that I thought I wanted to be a comedian. And especially with the upbringing <laughs> I had, it was, well, you're more supposed to go up and, and do all that. I had done some acting. I'd done some, some pieces here and there, but um, one of these days I'm gonna write a book and I'm going to have to put, I've, I already promised I'm gonna put my friend Michael uh, in the book. And he and I used to work to work together once I moved here to Minnesota and I was still in college and we used to go to Acme Comedy Company all the time. You know, it's one of the best comedy clubs in the country. We're very lucky that we have it here in Minnesota. And we used to, just to go as fans and we'd hang out. And people had told me before, you're funny, you should do that. And I'd go, no, I'm not funny like that. I just tell those stories to my friend. I'm not this, I'm not that. And I just would say that all the time and had said that for years. And one night we're there and we finish, uh, we were at an open mic and we watched a bunch of people try out some new stuff. And my friend Michael, like a bunch of people had told me before, says, you're funny. You should do that. And I went, no, nah, really, no, nah, nah, that's not what I do. I just tell stories. And he goes, what do you think? he goes, what do you think they're doing? And he mm-hmm. need to make your stories jokes. And I was like, oh, and so it's like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, I guess I could figure this out because I always consider myself a writer and I would do I would write short stories or uh, skits or little plays. I would write things. And he was the first one that made me go, oh, well, that's what you're doing is you're still, you know, I just needed to look at it differently. So I was in a college writing course at the time. It was a humor writing course. 
And so instead of doing what I would normally do, which is write a short story or a, 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 ske- a, a sketch, I wrote a stand-up comedy set. And I did it mm-hmm. in my class and didn't die. And because that's the whole part, that's the whole thing is just whatever you do, whenever you try something new that you literally don't die. Um, so I didn't die. Right. And then I was like, okay, so I went to Acme and I did the open mic and I didn't die. And now we're pretty much 20 years later. So it's, oh, wow. it's been fun. So I think, I can't believe I'm coming up. If you count all the open mic times, uh, not the, hey, I was just, you know, once I got paid times. Yeah, I'm almost up to like 20 years now, if you count all the time. Wow. Yeah, so that's well, I'm glad you chose that. Because you. you're definitely, it was a calling lady. You're definitely good at and it. And it's funny when things start to pop. Like, um, as a recording, a couple of months ago, I was uh, uh, selected as the um, stand-up, you know, funny stand-up comedian uh, for City Pages magazine. And so... To have all of this stuff kind of start to pop this year and we have so many distractions because of the pandemic and how life is so different um, to to have it still resonate, you know, my comedy and the things that I speak on and, and, and to know that I still cut through and that I give people um, a smile and a laugh and joy in the midst of all of this ridiculousness and chaos that we have right now. That feels really good because I do like making people laugh, but I also want my art to make the life of other people better. So if I can do both, then I'm really blessed that this is a gig. So I, I'm really happy yeah. for that. I'm really happy for that. Cause a lot of things, Hey, we'll be lucky if they're still around, you know, the city pages, this, you know, they they shut that down. Uh, you know, my comedy club friends are on mm-hmm. struggle. Our restaurant friends are on struggle. Our movie theater friends are on struggle. So, yeah. You know, we got to figure out how to support one another so that our stages are open and available when the time comes. Yeah, you're right about that, lady. You're right about right. that. And, you know, and I'm going to find out more because I know you you still been, you know, sprinkling us with your wonderful comedy even through the pandemic. Right. So I'm going to find out more of how you've been doing mm-hmm. that and how to, you know, find that. Right. But I brought you on here because <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, I'm doing our all-time top 10 comedians uh, the top 10 comedians and I thought to myself you know who better than that now, and I hope I didn't misunderstand you know? because I felt like you kind of had something in mind and I was supposed to weigh in with my opinion on them or was I supposed to come up with the 10 so you, you were supposed to come up with, with 10 too oh, okay. but if you did not I, did it. I, have we can surely... I can jump in though I have suggestions so we're good oh I was going to say yeah you can surely just do your right. opinion I I'll mean, give you my opinion I can work with you, yeah, lady. And, and I'll tell you what I would have suggested as well, because I'm curious to see, um, because comedy is so subjective. So I'm curious yeah. to see yeah. what you suggested and what it is that you loved about it. And one of the things that I tell people is that these people that I really love and when they people ask me all the time, well, do you like X, Y or Z? And which I will answer to a point that there might be sometimes where I'm like, well, they're not really my style or this because I'm still a fan of comedy. But I do remind everybody right. that that's the point of comedy is that just you need to keep looking because yeah, I think that we like to say, you know, and I know when I first started, you get this a lot. They'll say, well, women aren't funny or these people aren't funny or like there's a thing that they say aren't funny. And it's like, well, they're not funny to you. 
you know, maybe there, but there's somebody else that needed to hear that and that understood it and it resonated with. And so I'm always curious what other people come up with this. And then, so let's go through your list and we'll talk through that. And then I, what I'll do is I'll tell you who my favorite comedians are right now. And I'll give you some tips kind of on some twin cities, people that you might be sleeping on that I would suggest that you go find. Does that, does that sound good D? Oh, that definitely works for me. Perfect. 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 Okay. And then, yeah. So my uh, number yeah. 10 was, uh, and I know a lot of people ain't going to agree with me, but I, I went with uh, Joan Rivers. Oh, see, now she would have been on my top 10 as well. Why do you think people won't ag- agree with you? You said she what? was on your she top 10? She's definitely on my top 10. So why do you think people wouldn't agree with you? I think for one, I think a lot of people just, as you say, sleep. You know, I think they kind of sleep on her right. anyway. And maybe it's... uh her form of comedy maybe maybe she was too brash for some folks maybe she and i get what you're saying i think that um she falls in line because the other person that i would have said is that i i I had joan rivers on my my list as well but i also had phyllis diller who's even more old than than joan rivers so she was on my top 10 as well and i think it's because people don't especially when they were doing comedy they were definitely um innovators and they were forging new territory because you did have female comedians sprinkled throughout history before the two of them got there but you didn't have female uh comedians that were saying the things that they were saying that were going into some of the territory that the men were it was always kind of this lean into being dumb lead into you know right. being into a uh, 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 provocative as a sex kitten type thing and like and 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 kind of this Betty Boop thing which has a place but they were usually it's it, they were sidekicks and then when you have stories right. like a Joan Rivers and a Phyllis Diller they weren't the sidekicks they were the primaries and they might talk about their partner but their partner that they talked about their husband you know then they, they this fictitious husband or this this character of a husband that they had he was the sidekick and a lot of people couldn't handle that and right. then I think Right. And then also women were supposed to be. I I think that the, the, the thing about a Joan Rivers is that she was so unapologetically herself. That's what really I had like. that too. I was right. She say was that. very you know, people were just like, oh, well, I don't like it because she was, you know, very. Nope. This is the way I'm going to do it. And this is my show. And this is what I'm going to do. And so I applaud you. I, she would have made my top 10. She not would have. Uh, she's on my top 10 as well. Oh, see, great exactly. minds think alike. And as far as Phyllis Diller, she's actually oh, my okay, number eight. So you kill two birds perfect. with one stone. So we'll talk about her a little bit after we get to your number nine. <laughs> so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, Number nine. Is Don Rickles. That works. He he wasn't on my list, but I yeah. understand why he would be on yours. So what about his comedy do you do you do resonates with you? It was just the the, the heckling, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kind of like a roast right. before the roast attitude he seemed to have. You know, like he, he was just he was Damn near down what, yeah. what it means. He was incredibly mean, I thought. Yeah. Um, which is probably why he didn't make yeah, my list you know. because I, I understand why he got to do what he did, but it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I am not a big, uh, 
I I don't like watching people be mean. Like it's just not my style, but I understand why people liked him. Um, so I get that. So um you're killing them, you're killing with kindness kind of lady. Definitely, almost to my detriment. Um, so uh if we're gonna <laughs> go to somebody that's similar to that, then I would say the other person that I can understand why people liked him, but it was kind of that, you know, kind of mean and dirty, you know, kind of thing, then then I'll add in uh, Andrew Dice Clay here. I knew you was yeah. going to be the Dice so, Man. And he's another he one that I, I, for being somebody that leans into a persona, and I think that there are some comedians very good at yeah. that. He definitely leaned into that persona. And whether you agreed with it all the time or not, you knew his perspective and why he was that character. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm a, you know, I'm a storyteller. And so I'm very much me and the people, you see my act, people say all the time, like, did that really happen to this, to that? And yes, that's the position that I come from. <laughs> and usually once we get to my favorite comedians, they usually fall in line with that too. And I remember some as I grow up, right. but watching Andrew Dice Clay, I did feel like, wow, you're looking into, you're getting to peek into a different world you know, with this, this guy. So I'll put him in that one so that we have that in, 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 in common. We could talk about things like that. Yeah. And I usually have, you know, we call them right. honorable mentions, you know, we do the top 10, but we have some honorable mentions and, and, and the dice man yeah, was really. definitely in the honorable mentions territory. He just, he kind of just, his star kind right. of blew out, you know? Yeah. Bit, and I think that it quick. kind of, when you are a character like that, um, it does have a tendency to go, you need to be that character all the time. And so it doesn't give you a lot of room to evolve or to come up with new material because it's mm. so much of his was also the, the okay, now I'm going to write these weird limericks or I'm going to say, you know, and it just yeah. didn't really give you <laughs> other, once you'd seen it, where else did he have to go? And so I think that that happens sometimes with those characters characters wow. manage to stay longer because they are also you know i think that that character also was very rooted in that time period versus rooted in a particular culture and okay. uh you know and, and, and i don't want to I, 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 there's somebody that i want to bring up later so i won't do it but there's another one who i think is a character driven uh comedian that i do think because they weren't rooted in a time they were rooted in a character why that one has had more staring power so all right so you're when you got to number eight cool. you were going to talk about phyllis diller so i'll that. so we talked about phyllis yeah. diller so i will counter with carol burnett um and carol burnett cool. um uh, just was a force or is a force to be right. She's an incredibly funny yeah. uh, human being and also had that business savvy to sit there and go, here's how I'm going to build this production company. How Here's how we're going to have this show. Here's how I'm going to lead this team. So we wouldn't know how brilliant a Harvey Corman and a Hart and all these people yeah. were that were part of her. Conway. You know, we, we would know yeah. all of that if it wasn't for Carol Burnett going, here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to lead this team. And we're it was incredibly hard to come up with that show. And I've watched some documentaries where they talk about how she would put together that live show and keeping everybody coming up with a variety of sketches, being the woman that she was where they were kind of going, well, why don't you act hotter? Or why don't you act more demure? Why don't you this? And her just being herself. Right. And 
then being able to have the characters t- spin into uh, a spinoff like Mama's Family. Right. And so Mama's I family, think that, yeah. you know, as far as similar to why we were talking about um, Joan Rivers and Phyllis Diller, Carol Burnett was it, it still has this this um, persona of just being a kind soul and a hard worker and so funny in so many different ways that when I was growing up, I remembered watching that show and laughing and not always like laughing so hard the tears were coming out of young Shannon's face and not always knowing exactly why <laughs> because I was a kid and just knowing that it was funny and then watching them laugh at it and knowing that I probably didn't get the full joke because there was something that went over my head but just amazed yeah. on that show and so I always I, I will always love Carol Burnett yeah, I can't mm-hmm. knock Carol Burnett at all. Right. That's a, that's a choice, too. Can't knock her at all. Um, my number seven okay. is mm-hmm. D.L. Hughley. That works. And and I know some are say, yeah, you know, good choice. Some are say, does he really deserve that spot? But I guess D.L., yeah. for one, is the consistency that he's been doing. You know, right. he's been doing it a long time. He's been... Yes. You know, getting better, I think. You know, and now he's yes. adding in some socialism and right. feel funny at the same time, which has to be very. I think any of those hard, kings of comedy, like the know. original four, um, definitely deserve to be on this list in some form. Um, you know, I uh, I right. I was blessed to open for them for a couple of shows, and that was hard. That was when I first started out, and I'm just doing trying oh, to do five, ten minutes. But when you go know that you're going to have, you know, uh, a DL Hughley and a Cedric, and and these people following you who had really just dialed in their craft, like you really could not look at any of them and go, oh, they just phoning it. You know, it was it, it it was just different to see them, and I was glad when they managed to take off and to see. Um, Another, you know, four black comedians selling out arenas is amazing, is absolutely amazing. So, yeah. So I think D.L. Higley, you know, deserves it. Even his radio show, some of the stuff that he's doing, I'm like, he's 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 keeping himself at the forefront. And I think that that's that's greatly a value. Greatly a value. All right. So what are we up to? Seven, six. Okay, what's number six? Mm-hmm. Six. We're at six. Number six. Okay. Um, okay. George Burns. All right. I'm surprised you remember Burns. I'm surprised you, know, you even know oh, remember George Burns. <laughs> oh, I, you know, yeah. I go way back, okay. young lady. I All go right. way back. Were you watching it when you were like five? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. Ever, were you yeah, watching when you were like five oh, or six ahead. years old? Yeah, I've been watching. Yeah, my whole life I've been watching them. I remember when yes. he did, you know, the old God movie, all that kind of stuff. But I just thought to myself, you know, for somebody to tell jokes like yes. that though for yes. like seventy years, I mean, that's in itself right. is just wow. You know, to get up there and to like literally like you know, face the audience and stuff for for that long and to that many eras and I just always thought he was one of the best joke tellers right. I ever I ever okay came my across, turn to counter you know? okay so if we're gonna do George Burns here's what I will counter with I will counter with 
Johnny Carson. I, you know, you know, if you talk about someone like a span of a career and to be able to create a brand, you know, I, again, that hybrid of being able to do that monologue and carry that audience, you know, uh, on the show. And even when he was a comedian and a producer before he was doing um, the, uh, the tonight show starring Johnny Carson, just to be able to carry it and build that base of humor that he had. But then when you would watch like those Johnny Carson episodes, not only could he do the monologue, but then they could do this sketch and he'd still be funny in the sketch and to the point, or, or there can be something, some, his improv skills were amazing. That something, uh, uh, you know, something off kilter happened yeah. on the show and he could pivot into it and you'd end up laughing even harder because of something he said and how well he was able to craft the conversation to his uh, interview, uh, his guests as an interview. Right. 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 And so I think that that's just an amazing, amazing skill that he had. And just knowing that he was just so engaged with any guests that he had, like you could just see in his face that he's like, wow, this is, so-and-so and they're saying X and, and he right. made so many comedians <laughs> like being able to be on that show and He's him thinking they're funny enough and having you come sit on the couch, you know, you doing your set and getting carried over to have a conversation with him. I mean, there are people that I know that yeah. when I first started uh, talking to him and them talking about being on the Johnny Carson show. I mean, yeah, late night TV is impressive now, but there was something about that. that was just, whoa, right. Yeah, and being be able to be Johnny, in that yeah. moment with him. And especially now there's so much competition uh, between other shows you can be on. Are you on Netflix? Are you on Comedy Central? Are you on some other comedy station? Are you on Funny or Die? If it's everything you have on YouTube, is it on Facebook? Wherever you are. And then it was right. Johnny Carson, pretty much. It was Carson. Yeah. And that to get it. there, yeah. that means that you really worked <laughs> hard. You really worked hard and you had a great shot. So I'm countering with that, you know, for that one. Too. You know, I think I, I thought I heard that it, uh, they were, Johnny was actually considering that letting Joe the, get his show. That was part of the conversation that tired? I heard. That she had guests. She was one of the people yeah, that I had guest hosts. Too, right? I think I believe she was the only woman who had guest host. Um, and it was one of those things that it ended up getting vetoed. And she was very, understandably, very upset about that. From what I understand, from watching some of the documentaries on her life, and incredibly upset about it. And it was definitely. Because, you know, it was because it was, you know, she's a woman. She can't do this. She's not, you know, we're not going to give her a shot. And so that's why the fact that she still managed to stay in the game, stay who she was, end up with her own show, end up spinning it into something where she and her daughter had their uh, television series. Right. Yeah, that's right. And when you read like the stories about, you know, her memoirs, when you read about how she would have stacks and stacks of note cards with material and jokes. And, you know, you see her talk on other talk shows. Like uh, one of the shows I watch, there's a British uh, talk show I, I watch called the Graham Norton show um, of him. He cracks me up and I just love the way he talks to him. And he, right. she was on there and told some very adult content, like managed to work in this blue joke. Even when you know, in, by, you know, by when she was at the <laughs> end of her, you know, before we lost her, you know, uh, 
a couple of years before that. And she still was just so amazing and leaning into like making jokes about being an older woman and, and doing all these things and the kind of sponsorship she's had then. And it was so funny and so honest. Um, and that, that's what exactly it makes you just love blood, it. Right? She, she's, she... So now we're actually, okay. uh, to number five. But I think it's this is a good show. time to take a break, actually, young lady. Because I think we, you know, we got to miss suspense. You know what? All what, right, what we'll come be, back with know, the last what, what five. What could be next? All right, we're going to do the last five. Miss Sheridan? Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to Simply the Best. I'm excited. I just want to thank you. <laughs> We really are. So when we left, we was at number five, right? Yes, yes. So do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Matter of fact, I was gonna say before we even do the number five, I had a couple um honorable mentions. Sure. Okay. Uh um I was thinking Sam Kennison. Hey, yes. I, I know he ain't nearly enough for all time, but he was a hell of a comic, so I thought I'd throw him out Right. There. I think that's fantastic. Um, I would add um, in, if we're in that one, Bobcat Goathwaite. I don't know if you've seen him. Bobcat. Bobcat, Bobcat is fantastic. So again, one of those things. And and it's this is such a hard list because we only had 10. And so I'm curious whether some of mine yeah. end up in yours in the final five, because if not, there's some people that I think we'd miss. And so I'm just like, okay, let me, oh, I'm going to change, I'm gonna change my change. number five. Um, and here's what I'm going to do because I, and I'm going to change one of mine to an honorable mention, uh, because this is a comedian that was on my top five and she's someone that I, I, I okay. greatly respect. I greatly yeah, respect, I but I just thought of somebody that I would feel remiss if I didn't mention. And so you're probably somebody you're going to mention too. But uh, in my top five, and this is one of the first people that I thought of when you told me to come up with 10, is I thought of Wanda Sykes. And yeah, because oh, I Wanda. really looked up to Wanda as a storyteller, as a woman, as a, a, a BIPOC woman, as, you know, uh, a, a woman who talks, you know, from a perspective of someone that's part of the LGBTQ community, um, as someone who, you know, right. got her Emmy. She's part of the reason why we love Chris Rock, you know, is because she did. And yeah. so, yeah. And, you know, award winning, amazing, you know, has her own production company. It works really hard. And she was going to be um, my top five, but there's somebody that I think I need to move into my top five. So I'm going to, yeah. Cause <laughs> like now that I thought about it, somebody that I totally missed that I would be remiss in, in mentioning. And I, and I'll be surprised if they don't show up on yours as well. So I'll add hers that if, if, if nobody, if you haven't seen Wanda Sykes stand up, you are missing out, you know, because it's so just beautiful and honest and, you know, her talking about just her life in a way that I'm like, even though she right. talks about, cause there's only so much that can happen to you. And I kind of think about this way. people go, there's only so many things to talk about. So what you have to do is figure out how come your spin on that is still funny and entertaining and engaging right you know i talk about my son i talk about you know my life 
and lots of people have kids. So why, what can I say about my story that's still funny, but it's, you still want to listen to it. And that's the thing when I try to write jokes from a perspective that if somebody else told my joke, you'd go, that's Shannon's joke. You know, like if like, and that's my whole thing is to have it be so organically mm -hmm. me in both delivery and style and subject matter that you go, that's Shannon, you know, kind of thing that. Yeah. And so, and I think I that Wanda is one of those people um, that, that I just yeah. really, really appreciate everything she has. So I'll, 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 I'll move her to my, um, uh, I don't mention, and then you'll I see why mention. when we get to this, to my top five. So. Yeah, because right. now I'm really curious. Yeah. That's kind of hurting my heart That's a little bit. Um, but I bet, I bet. Wow, I really yeah. feel winky deaky yeah. now because uh, did I? Yeah, my number five was no, Chris you Rock. Did it. Did you I did it. It okay, yeah, it, it happens to be Chris Rock who Wanda not, did help make along with a lot of other people. I have <laughs> Chris know, Rock as my sense. number three, so I'm willing to reorganize these a little bit. So, since we're going to talk about Chris now, because my top five, a lot of them, until you get to my top two for sure, like I'm very these need to stay where they're at. But Chris, um, right. again, when we talk about just incredibly intelligent joke writers, also figure out a yeah. way to get you to think about things. I guess you're right about that. He never I, does get them down to the audience. Like, and you I, talk, I really you know, even if he's talking about his family, there's a reason that you go, well, here's what my mom was. And you can talk about, you know, like she was like, he talks about her being ghetto, but also kind of snooty. And just the way that he talks about his family, you know, and the way that we saw it when he <laughs> launched, you know, Everybody Loves Chris. Right. You're just like, Everybody okay, Chris, I see yeah. this. I can see who you are. And I think that that's a lot of, you know, we brought up Andrew Dice Clay and we brought up um, uh, character driven, you know, comedians. Right. But Chris, he's another one that's a storyteller and can keep you with a story where it's basically a 15 minute story that has little vignettes in it. But he's that's a 15 minute story he told you about something and you're good with it and you're absolutely <laughs> good with it. So he's on my top five as well. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. So um, I'll go. I'll do my I'll do my four then. My technical four. My you're number right. four is George Lopez. Yeah, Jordan oh, made George my list made for list, a huh? lot of reasons because, um, you know, I used I grew up in you know I I grew up in Arizona. I lived in Austin, Texas for a while, and so I think that um, Mexican American and Latino culture perspective it gets lost a lot. We have some comedians, you know, Gabriel yeah. Iglesias, all these other people who are fantastic comedians. We have um, Carlos Mencia, who's a little more controversial because people are like, "Did you write that?" You know, there's kind of a did you steal it? I, you know, I worked, I opened. For yeah, oh, so wow. I didn't know that like about Carlos. Okay. It's all like, did you write it? Wow. And, you know, really? I opened for. Well, yeah, and, 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 and you can Google that. That's not just me. I opened for Carlos <laughs> Messia for a while. He was always fantastic to me. And I, you know, he was. And I mean, and I was like, I was a baby comedian, had just started. I was living in Austin, Texas, and that was the first gig that I had where I was one of their rotating MCs and was there pretty often. So I had the opportunity to work wow. with some amazing, amazing comedians, um, uh, including Carlos Messia. Uh, and I know we're taking kind of a left, you know, another one that would definitely uh, deserves to be on our honorable list, mention list is, is 
Carl, you know, you know, Carl. so I would also say, you know, Louis Anderson, who um, I owe so much yeah. of the beginning of my career to not only watching him tell his stories, but he was another one of the first people that I actually got paid to open for. And, you know, and, and it was a, a comedy club that oh. unfortunately did not make it through the pandemic. It's called Cap City Comedy Club. And it was the first place yeah. I actually was hired to work at uh, when I lived in Austin, Texas. So it was a wonderful club. And um, I remember it's me in this particular feature. And they tell us that Louis Anderson coming in and we're both like, oh, my gosh, we're working for Louis Anderson. And this was years ago. And Louis watched my set the first night and he came up in his Louis Anderson voice and said, hey, do you mind if I give you some notes? Like, I'm going to tell <laughs> Louis Anderson, nah, I got this. No, you know, and. I was like, wow, that's really great. And, you know, a lot of times when you're the brand new comedian, if they're not, if it's not some creepy dude that's hitting on you or like they don't have a reason to pay attention to me. They don't. And especially if you're like the new, right. when I first started, it was super hard as a woman. Like it's, it's not just hard, it's dangerous. You're hanging out with creepy people. You're in places where people drink too much. It's a lot of work just to want to go someplace and tell jokes. Mm. And you have to really get good at having a thick skin. You have to really get good about misogyny and go, I'm just going to do this job. I'm going to be funny anyway and not worry about it and figure out how you're going to navigate it. And Louis was super cool to me that whole week. And at the end of the week, Louis Anderson, you know, who then, you know, he'd been on TV, he did all this stuff. He hand wrote me notes, D, hand wrote me notes about talk about your grammar the more. When you say wow. this, it's really funny. He did hand wrote me notes. I still have them. I still have them. And you know that that warms my heart because I always kind of I don't know like when you watch Louis like you just kind of feel like he's a good dude or you want to feel like he's a good he really is a good guy a sweet guy he just comes across as that so to hear you saying that he really was that helped really cement how I treat other people when I meet them and how I treat new comedians when I'm at a you know at a comedy club and we're there on an open mic and somebody that I know is is a brand new comedian comes up and wants to talk to me or ask me a question or say something, I am always gracious to them. And, 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 and it's, you know, it, you, you have to take time for other human beings. And it's, it's funny that we live in a world where that's shocking that that happens. You know, I have people that tell me all the time bit. that they're, <laughs> they were surprised that I was nice to them, you know, and, you know, I just, Right. And so well, down to earth. You're you. so down to earth. That <laughs> I think that probably maybe, surprises maybe. some people too. And I mean, my whole thing is that I I I want, you know, I I I want people, if they have a question, I don't give unsolicited advice. I think that's tacky. Um, but if you come up and you ask me, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Then I'll give you my opinion. I'll say, okay, that's a choice or maybe this, or it'd be good if you tighten this up. And, and, you know, I, that's one of the things that I think I really appreciate when people give me compliments. One of the compliments that I get pretty often, and this isn't just tooting my horn, is that people will say, you know what? Miss Shannon was the only person that was nice to me when I first, or Miss Shannon was the first person that was nice to me when I first started comedy. And I don't do that to get that. Um, uh, compliment, but that compliment does resonate with me better than some of the other ones. And that's one of the things that I really appreciated about the City Pages article that was written about me uh, when I won Best Stand-Up Comedian is that 
it did seem to come through and, and they don't ask us what to write. I didn't even know I was up for it. And so, and I woke up to some messages going, Hey, congratulations. And I'm like, congratulations was what? Like I'm about to go and like, you know, you, you see my son, I'm trying to <laughs> take care of my kid. I'm not on city pages wondering if I'm <laughs> the best of, um, I was like, right. Oh, okay. Well that's neat. But the fact that even one of the things they wrote was basically I'm a good human being who's funny versus she's funny. And it, so it makes all this other stuff. Okay. <laughs> that is important to me, you know, right. that I, that I leave this world, you know, and people felt better that I was around. So I appreciate that. And that's kind of how I felt about Louie. Um, Cause at the beginning, you're just nervous all the time. You're like, this is the first time I'm over for this guy. I don't want to mess up. And he's this, and he had his comedy. You know, yeah. I know so much about him and he doesn't know me at all. And so for him to do that, that really does frame how, you know, who are you going to use as your example? He's one of the person that you use the example. Cause I don't know. We'll see what happens with our last four, but there are a lot of people in comedy that are very funny and are not good people. And that's business. That's the business. That's the world we live right. in. It's run into somebody that's both and george lopez yeah. was somebody that you know told a particular story brought that mexican-american latino-american story to the front you know m had you know showed his community that they were worthy and needed to be seen and can do well he had a sitcom you know where you got to again see what it looked like and and show and uh, representation we know that is so important and having george lopez you know, be able yeah, to be I himself totally and that. do what he did and self-produce that sitcom and have it do well on ABC. That's, that's amazing. You know, that's amazing. So, yeah, that was big. So that's why that George big, made my list. Okay. So, all right, your turn, your turn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so my number four, I'll be short and sweet. Mm -hmm, is, uh, mm -hmm. Bob Hope. Mm -hmm. He's my number four. Once again, right. told jokes for seem like a hundred years. You know what I mean, when and I, and in the way, the more yeah. that you kept you you've been saying persona, and I'm starting. I guess I'm starting to think that right. with him because he think was playing a persona, very, right? Like I wonder um, that couldn't have popular been during that time, like being able to go. Okay, here's who Bob hoped you know did. I think that it was. Um, also fantastic that he leaned into performing for our service members and the troops and really leaned into that and uh, start, you know, to, to reinvigorate right. those USO tours because they were out there, but really like super leaned into that and make that a pillar of his career and and doing, you know, that was when, you know, you would have these buddy comedies. So you'd have the Hope and Crosby and what they would do and have their back and forth, um, just like you would yeah. have... Um, Lewis and, and Martin, you know, Dean, Lewis, uh, uh, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. And I used to watch a lot of right. these old shows with my grandma. So I'm like familiar with all these black and white artists. And it's funny because um, you just kind of would see the way people would play off of each other. And it was very appropriate for the time. Um, everything that Bob Hope did. So, yeah, I understand why he would be on that one as well. I, you know, I it's I, and I don't think. Hmm. I'd have to rewatch it because sometimes you rewatch stuff and you go, will it make sense now? And uh, my top two, my top two, I think yeah, they still play. Um, and uh, some of them, I'm just like, you know, like Carol Burnett, I think still play. You could still watch that now and understand why it was funny. And yeah. there, you know, Right. And there's some things that yeah, I might, that well, would make actually. sense, like back to our Andrew Dice Clay. It just wouldn't, I don't think that for the most part, 
it doesn't work now. There's so many oh, reasons why it doesn't work. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. So we're all good. Okay. So we. Okay. That was four. Are we four? I know we kind of went out of order. Yeah. At three. Okay. Yeah, we have. Here's my number three. three, I mean, Um, and this is part of the reason why I switched. Um, is that I forgot to put George Carlin on my list. And yeah. What? Wow. You know what? It's serendipity, ladies. Okay, well I done. All right, George, see, it all George worked Carlin out. So I needed to be able to move Wanda over so that I could smooth Chris and, and George uh, over so I can do uh, George Carlin. Um, and because I agree with you, like George Carlin, just again, <laughs> being able to be incredibly, incredibly smart and, and, and just the way that he would combine the words. Um, Yes, you know, and that, you know, there are basically monologues that people still do that are based on George Carlin skits (laughs) and George, you know, based on um, his his set. And I think that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like religion. Religion, even like religion politics, like swear words, you know, like him talking on about like the seven swear words you can't say. That's yeah. something that people still battle off all the time. And you know, <laughs> and, and he pops up in my household still yeah. for a whole different reason because my son, even though he's older, um, because he's on the autism spectrum, certain of the things that he liked when he was a kid, he still likes now. And so he's a big fan of Thomas the Tank Engine and Shiny Time Station. And so George was on that and you know and just you know uh-huh. the things that he chose to be a part of um i i think that's part of the reason why yes <laughs> yeah yeah he was you said george carter was so on they had the a, a number of really yeah and so they had a number oh, of famous conductors george that. carlin was one of them and so it was him reading the um event. Oh. Uh, it was george carlin ringo star that we know from the beatles he was one as uh, alec baldwin um, do, oh, okay. was the voice of these things for a while. So wow. to see them show back up, and George was one of the ones that that interacted in Shining Time Station and read the thing. So he was a character, you know, as, as, as Mister Conductor. And I think that <laughs> so I grew up watching because my my younger oh, sister, my okay. my baby sister, would watch it here and there, and it was, so it was on loosely. But my my son was the one that was super into it, and. So yeah, so George Carlin was a, a big mm. uh, a big uh part of Shining Time Station and Thomas the Tank Engine when it first started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worst of all. Oh wow. exactly. Okay. I never think of exactly. Thomas the same now. Right. All right. So do you want to do your number wow. two or me do okay. my number two? Okay. Uh I could do it just pretty quick, easy, you know, it uh, SNL star blew up super big blockbuster movies, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to say it without saying it. It took uh, him a long time to get back on SNL. You it know, took him, uh, it took him a long time to get back on SNL. If you're talking, what'd you say? Yeah, it was a great episode. It was a great I episode, know, right? It did, so didn't I it? Presume, a long time. I you're talking about Eddie Murphy. It was a yeah, that was a long time. Yeah, and I agree, Eddie Murphy. I am talking Should, about Eddie Murphy. If I did, if I had more than ten, um, definitely. You'll, you'll see why. You'll see know, why he didn't right? make my but list. And, and here's the thing, and that's lady. because 
Nihilus. He, but he is fantastic. Oh, wow. And he was I one like of the style. performers that I watched when I was a kid that made me go, I want to be funny. Um, I really appreciate it. Like watching Delirious, you know, right. when I was a kid, um, everything that he did. And I thought yeah. he was fantastic. Yeah. And I still think he's fantastic. I think he's very funny. My number two is Richard Pryor. I'm sure you do. So what's your um, number two, young lady? Yeah, and so for very similar reasons, though, okay. because as a young kid, like I had Richard Pryor albums like that I got from my mom, and so listening to Richard Pryor, yeah, my right. mom was like a hippie in the seventies. Wow, I like your mom. Down, um, and so the two albums that I had, and, I, <laughs> and I'll mention this other comedian that again didn't make my list, um, uh, Bill Cosby, and so I would I grew up listening to the actual records. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so we I know, both, I about you know, I had the, the actual records back because you're, you know, old enough to remember records. I had the actual records. Yeah. So, uh, Richard Pryor I, and oh, yeah. I, I remember records. Yeah, I, I had I Richard had Pryor some. and I had Bill Cosby. I did have Richard Pryor um, though. And, and, and I had some. yeah, and Bill Cosby, who were completely <laughs> wow, different, really? you know, kind of Richard Pryor and Bill amazing Cosby. storytellers and. Watching uh, Richard, who was again incredibly honest and in very incredibly Richard, and you would see Richard on even like talk shows, like he was on, I believe it was Dick Cavett. Um, and I watched, I rewatched this a couple of months ago, and it's him talking about why he talks about the things that he's doing and why he, in, you know, is trying to make sure that he gets paid what he's worth. And these are conversations that he's having in the seventies. And talking about how this is why you have to right. fight for this. This is why you have to have these things. And so he was, again, even though he had his demons and he, you know, he's very open with talking about his drug problems and the things that he had. He was also very, you know, when we talk about people who are going out there going, I've been fortunate enough to reach this broad audience, you know, and with my style. And but he still used it as used his influence to try and show people what his, uh, what had, you know, what his life experiences had taught him. And, you know, he was honest, you know, when he was diagnosed with, with multiple. Yeah. He talked about that, you know, and I remember watching all of his movies, which I thought were very funny and watching him in stir crazy and grease lightning and all. things when we were Yeah. that was why yeah, I'm like, okay, if I'm, a, if, if I'm down no to my last that. two, these are the two that I'm going to definitely put a stake in the ground and go, these are the two that I will defend always as someone uh, and, and who really, really influenced my style and what I wanted to do. Like but, uh, Bill Cosby, who, you know, again, if you used to, ask, I, if you asked me when I was a kid, who was one of my favorite comedians, I would definitely put Bill Cosby on it. But, um, um, but do I really think as a human being, Bill Cosby was being yeah. authentic? I can't say that in all honesty. Yeah. And I, I rewatched yeah, I rewatched yeah, I know, um, some of I his know. bits and I re-listened to them um, after a lot of the uh, fallout of the trial, all these things, once the allegations got brought up again, all of these things. And I rewatched them to see if they're still funny. And the thing that I found, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you feel about it, I think they're still funny. They're brilliantly constructed bits. Um, they're written so well, like him talking about going to the dentist, his bit where he talks about Noah, these iconic Bill Cosby bits where he's talking about chocolate <laughs> cake and all this stuff. They're still incredible. You know, if you look at his older stuff when he was back yeah, doing his stuff and it was just that, him in the chair back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, they're amazing stories. They're great. And he is just captivating. 
But I think he's another one that we go, hey, just because we're funny, it doesn't mean right. you're a good person. You know, you have to remind that of people that, you know, it's not always the same. Yeah, really, you know, so really. I feel like Richard Pryor uh, needed to make that list. Uh, but, oh, Ah, yeah, okay. he was actually my number one. So you, you once again, you killed two birds with one my stone. Number one. But who is your number one? Is the big question now. Um, Robin Williams. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> you know when I oh, really yeah. was looking at it, thinking about who did I always laugh at or or, or laugh at, laugh with, um, who. Did I I sit down anytime I saw them in something like watching Mork and Mindy and watching this and watching his movies as he, you know, was still funny, but he, you know, watching Robin Williams do was be, he became actor Robin Williams and let stand up Robin Williams, like watching those films yeah. and the amazing depth of talent that Robin Williams had um, in everything that he did. And, and just, you know, going, there's a reason why, you know, I, uh, as a senior in high school, I loved the Fisher King, you know, when that came out, you know, even though it's like, you know, we all know why Good Morning Vietnam is an iconic, iconic movie and Dead Poets Society, knowing that even though he's doing all of that, you know, yeah. uh, and then when you would see his comedic roles, like a Mrs. Doubtfire, which was so amazing and so charming, and he just did a great job of being funny, even in movies that were heart-wrenching. And I remember, um, you know, yeah, and I remember in 2014, yeah. um, I, mean, I was at a bar with a friend of mine who's also a comedian. It was middle of the afternoon. And um, I remember we were sitting there and we were, CNN we happened to be one of the station that was on, and they broke away to say that Robin Williams had passed. And I sat there in the bar and cried. Um, because... He, you know, I'd seen him live, you know, kind of thing. You know, I, you know, I, I've seen, like, I've been in the room with him when he came and did the pop-up shows at Acme Comedy Company. I was never fortunate enough to open for him. But I worked with people who worked with him and who he made better, like wow. Bobcat Gothwaite, who was a good friend of his. And he made better. And one of the things that was so heartbreaking um, when Robin passed and the way that he passed, and I was very happy that his family mentioned some of the trials and demons that he dealt with there at the end was because, you know, he's a great example of what it's like to be a comedian and you're, you're funny, but you're not necessarily happy. And no matter how many people think that you're amazing, it doesn't matter as much as what you feel in your head and in your heart. And there's a lot of comedians. I've lost good friends, you know, here in town and people that I really cared about um, to suicide and depression and self-medicating and those things. And it's, it's heartbreaking every single time. And Robin was a great example of that where we all see him as this amazing actor, you know, Academy Award nominated. He had like six Golden Globes, you know, all of these things and all accomplishments. And and he couldn't see it. Yeah. You know, even if we look back to Popeye, like so many characters that we were like, oh my God, it's Robin Williams. And so it was really impactful for me when he when he passed. And and you know, he's he, you know, he 
he was just absolutely amazing and bananas. And anytime you watch him, you always like, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen? Because at any given time, if you just go, who do I yeah. think is just a genuinely funny person? Not a scripted funny person. Not a, I had, it took me four years to write this only funny when I do my material that I write. He just always seemed like just such a just genuinely funny person to hang around with. Right. You know, it was just organically right. who he like was. He, like so he he's why he made that. He's why he was my top, he, my, my, my number one, he won for it. Yeah, I can't yes, imagine being yes. on a, on a so top 10 list. Hopefully you were happy with the conversation that we had and everybody that got brought up and you weren't like, how come you liked them? And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, definitely. I'm, you definitely you. Know, enlighten me and enlighten the audience. So uh, thank you I'm very, very much blessed that I get to do this and go and make people laugh. Um and it's been, it's been weird uh, over the last nine months. And so some of us are figuring out ways to bring content to people differently. And, and hopefully that gets us by until our stages open back up. So. Right. You said okay, you had a couple um, so, of, okay, um, so the first one I'm going to say, comments uh, we should be checking out. fantastic and a good friend of mine. Her name is Mary Mack. Uh, Mary Mack is a local comedian. She used to do a lot more traveling back and forth to LA. You can also find her um, on, she is on a, a Hulu, uh, uh, an adult driven um, uh, animated, animated series. It's created by the Rick and Morty people and it's called Solar Opposites. It is not for your kids, but it's incredible. Funny. And it's on Hulu. So she's on, she's one of the voice characters on that as well. Oh. And Mary is another one of those. Mary Mack is another one of those people who is just, Oh, no incredibly kidding. funny and talks about real things, but can also just go off into uh, this, this, y she can drop down this particular well where you go, how oh my gosh, how did we get here? I'm not even sure how we got. Here. So um, I think that Mary is amazing. Um, who else is back? <laughs> Mary Mack. Yeah. So Mary Mack, you can Google her. She is fantastic. You said uh, Mary Mack. Mary a very funny comedian okay. named Tim Harmston. Sometimes they perform together. We'll Usually they perform separately, but they're both funny and you're, you'll be um, blessed to see either of them perform. So they are amazing. Um, and then let me think, who else do I want to talk about that's in town and from here? Because there's some right. people that are from here and they don't live here anymore, um, but that doesn't mean that they're not funny. Um, uh, it just means that they don't live here anymore, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're based out of here. Um, um, I will also say, and he's another friend of mine, his name is Tommy Ryman. Um, and, and a lot of people saw him. He was like a semifinalist on Last Comic Standing. And uh, he, again, is just a genuinely funny and incredibly nice person um, that you're just like, yes, I want to I, I want to hang out with you. And he's just this really just sweet, charming, amazingly funny guy. So that's Tommy Ryman. So I suggest you look him up. You can definitely won't go wrong. OK. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll definitely be checking these people out. <laughs> oh, thank you, D. I you, appreciate you having You've been me. just the consummate, so excellent guest lady. Anytime. Uh, if they're looking for what I'm doing right now, the best place thank to find me, they can always insight. go to my website. It's Miss Shannon, Shannon with an A.com. Um, we're really working on our streaming show, Comedy Through the Chaos. So we've been doing lots of 
streams every Sunday uh, with primarily uh, Tiffany Norton, my friend right. who does the Bitter Baker series as well. So right now, while we are uh, recutting our first season and getting ready for our second season of the formal show where we have different comedians and storytellers that come on and share experiences about difficult subjects. So we talk about addiction and recovery. We talk about uh, mental health and mental illness, or we talk about being broke and, and losing your job, all these things. Um, and you get to hear the perspective of people who are good at processing things through humor. You know, all my comedian and storyteller friends, you know, we talk about race and uh, we talk about all these things. So that's available right now. If you go and you look on YouTube mm. and um, Facebook, our comedy through the chaos page, and we're going to be dropping it on Amazon prime in January. So we'll have our, refilmed and remastered uh, versions of it that'll be available oh. for download is there as well and then we're gonna uh, launch season two hopefully sometime in the spring so but you know we're like everybody else it's you know we're uh, it, it, it's the world is ever changing um, it took us a while to get launched and we had to back things up because of uh, COVID and restrictions and trying to keep everybody healthy and safe and so we will shoot season two when it makes sense, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, we want to be able to do it in a, a safe manner. There's no rush. <laughs> you know, there's lots of ways for you to find all of us. Everybody that I know is available for virtual shows and, and, you know, hopefully you can, you can find us and have a zoom into your living room in the meantime, until we can all meet together and laugh. Yeah. So anytime, anytime. Definitely. My pleasure. My Definitely. pleasure. It was great to talk to you, and I'm sure I'll see you around. Well, thank you again, young lady. <laughs> you too. Stay healthy. Bye. Okay. Man, Miss Shannon brought it, right? I mean, schooling us, you know, on Mencia. Carlos Mencia and George Lopez and the great Louis Anderson. I mean, is it anything this lady can't do? I mean, she probably should be a motivational speaker. When I run into her again, I'm going to definitely tell her that. She was an excellent guest. It was an excellent show. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I mean, you know. I'm glad I was finally able to put it together. She's a tough lady to track down. So, uh, yeah, I told y'all, man, season two, we coming with it. You know, best of the best. Simply the best. So, uh, in the meanwhile, everybody stay safe. And uh, I'm going to keep giving you what you need. You know what I mean? Give you what you need. <laughs>